I said, Doug yeah. preached the whole way here, so if you need some help. <laughs> Doug preached, is he in one of his? Uh, <laughs> Sorry you? for the guy. <laughs> you know, he kept reading us uh, verses, different things. Yeah. Erica said, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this medicine I take. I want a medicine that will make me hungry. I need to eat. So he got his Bible up and was listening on depression and anxiety. <laughs> well, I need, I need the opposite. Well, <laughs> what medicine is she on? <laughs> and, then she said, yeah. and then he started reading verses, and I said, I hope there's a message at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cain and Abel, chapter 4. We've, we've come through the consequences. We've come through the, re, uh, the booting of the out. Um, we talked about the difference between the first Adam and the last Adam. Right. So now we pop out here, um, chapter four. We start uh, right out in verse one. Someone want to read verse one for me? And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she she conceived and bare Cain and said, "I have gotten a man from the Lord." All right. So Cain's born. Um, we don't know. Of course, it's. We gotta be careful about how we see things. So many people, I know I do, when I read this, I think they're just recently right out. Cain was the very first, uh, very first child, right? Um, but we don't know that for short. In fact, some of the research that I did suggests um, that the way that she said it and whatnot kind of maybe leaned more toward the fact that there were others. This is the first son. Right, this is the first boy. Do you recognize her wording here? I've gotten a man from the Lord. Why do you think she said that, Jim? In reference to the curse that there would be a man that would come that would fix the problems that they created. Yep. Yep. And there's there's a strong sentiment or a strong belief here that what she was saying was in her belief to God's promise. She believes Cain to be the fulfillment of God's prophecy. Her seed crushing the head. Um, so how mistaken that <laughs> turns out to be. Um, in fact, it, it, I mean, in drastic different. Um, but what I like about this is here you have Eve who seems to now be trying to correct what she initially had done. She's accepting God's prophecy, God's promise as word. You know, so the first son that comes along, this is, this is God's prophecy. This is the seed that God promised. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's nice to see. I know the world continues to say that our God is such an evil, horrible, angry God. But we see it time and time again. And, and even in Cain, when we get down to it, we see second chances, third chances, fourth chances, you know. And so here you have, we don't know how far out of the Garden Eden this is. We don't know how many children prior. But we see here a family that is, you know, Adam and Eve have gone from that role of husband and wife to now mother and father. So there's that switch that has been made. And... You see that they're trying to stick to the commandments of God and pass that along. Um, the second, verse 2, someone read that one for me. And 
She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. All right, what are the two jobs? What's that? Farming and herding. Farming and herding. All right. Baby brother rolls around. All right. And you have the two different jobs. Now, as I was studying some of this, people were going all over the place with, you know, Cain was a tiller of works. Abel was, uh, his job required the blood. Um, that is why his was accepted as opposed to uh, Cain's was not. It, some people think way too hard on some of that, this kind of stuff. In all honesty, I, I just have the mind that that's just what they were more geared towards. You know, when we have our children, we know our children have certain qualities that the others uh, don't have. You know, like I got the looks and the brains. My brother and sister just, you know, I'm not really sure what they got, but I took it all. So <laughs> definitely favoritism. <laughs> My, my sister got favoritism, there's no doubt. Um, I know you got something to say. <laughs> he's back there, he's wanting to say something. The baby always does. <laughs> the baby always does. My baby sister got away with everything. <laughs> Still does, don't she? <laughs> um, yeah, you also the same problem my brother has. You got the little kid syndrome too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, Abel rolls around. They have the two different jobs. For whatever reason, they have those jobs. The Bible doesn't really clearly state. Uh, just the one is kind of the shepherd, and the other one is the farmer. So let's move into verses 3 through 5. Someone read those for me. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. All right. There's a couple things I'd like to point out in this verse that I thought was kind of key. Uh, first thing I'd like to point out is that um, from the beginning, there was a place of worship. Okay, what is this? How does this first read? It says that it came to pass that Cain brought the fruits of the ground an offering unto the Lord. All right, so here you have now we don't have you know the law, we don't have the Ten Commandments yet, we haven't got Leviticus, we haven't had all these <coughs> laws that are happening. We had the first shedding of blood, of course. When God killed the animal for, to create the clothing for Adam and Eve, of course, that obviously continued. But we have a situation here where, where Cain and Abel, for some reason, and I believe that is because I think that was either passed on from the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve from God, and it's continued as a family, or because of what happened now that they don't have that relationship, Adam and Eve started a worship of God, you know, somehow. Um, but for whatever reason, it's not really told. They've gotten the idea <laughs> that we should go worship God. And so when this world wants to say, hey, it's just a relationship between me and God, and we kind of, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going on, and it really doesn't matter. Well, then why is Cain and Abel 
go into a specific place to give an offering. I mean, if it wasn't taught to them, if it wasn't passed along to them, why would they just randomly start doing it? Unless it was something that they perceived some reason that it would please God. It's an offering, right? It's, it's given out of duty. It's given out of um, sacrifice. You know, it's, it's a worship. It's given to please God. So whatever the reasoning, however it was taught to them, and, and, and I believe that it was probably passed on through them, you know, through God and in, in, in dealing with Adam and Eve. Um, I, I think this isn't like just, again, I know Genesis is the book of beginnings, but there's a lot that's not written. I just don't think one day these two decided, hey, let's see who's got the better offering and let's give it to God. I think it was a family ordeal. I think it was something that was done on a pretty... I don't know how often it was done. This doesn't say on Saturday it showed up or, you know, the first month. Of course, we get into all the offerings and the sin sacrifices um, and, and the feasts and all that kind of stuff later on in the, in the Old Testament. But here at the very beginning, this is your first sign of worship. There was a place. Uh, I'm assuming it was probably an altar of some sort. I think it's somewhere it even mentions... Uh, an altar later on in the New Testament somewhere. but So you have this idea that they had a place set apart to honor God and offering him their labors. Okay, This is their giving of their work, their hard-earned sweat. Because remember, we got that curse of the world now, the curse of the earth. So it's not something easy. So that is something that they really labored and... They come and they give. Um, the second thing that I want I wanted to look at is attitude. Alright. It matters how you get to God. I don't think it matters what you give, but what you give shows what you think of God. Does that make sense? And I think that is proven in here in this. It says, Abel gave of his, uh, how does it state? It says that he gave the firstlings of his flock, but of the firstlings, what did he give? He gave the fat boys, right? He picked out the best of the best. These, this is my first set. These are the ones that, that I'm going to offer from. And he went through and he picks out the best. Now, Cain's, Cain's doesn't mention any of that. It just says fruit of the ground. All right, so Cain just kind of gave. Now, to me, with God accepting Abel's and not Cain's, this is evidence that God can see the condition of our heart. All right? Now, we can fool uh, all of us here. We can come into this church every Sunday and every Wednesday, and if you can sing, you sing. If you want to be nice, you can be nice. You can shake hands. You can. But that does not make your heart a heart that is seeking God. And here you have a situation where Cain was doing what he was 
taught to do, right? And that's what I said. I think that's that teaching. So Cain is giving, and I could just, you know, I could, I could just, you know, when talking to my kids, you know, a lot of times they say, well, technically I did what you said, right? <laughs> is it just my kids or is it anybody else? <laughs> All right. Is that not the world too? Well, you know, I'm going to church or, you know, I, I love God or I, I believe in God or I, you know, I, I love Jesus. Technically, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But here we have an attitude of how you're giving that matters. I think that's where you see the difference between people that are, you look at me and you say, man, why are they so blessed? Or why are they seem like when they're going through hard times, when you're walking, does anybody, anybody feel like the world is falling apart around you? But for some reason, there's just that that peace. Like I don't know why this is going on, and this now it hurts. Your heart hurts. Your brain melts about it sometimes, and, and, and you're worried about it. But it just sometimes there's that time where just that whole idea of footprints, where God just kind of picks you up and He carries you for a while. It, the problem doesn't go away. And you're still worried about it. But there's that period sometimes when you're walking with God to where there's that, that peace. You're like, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. And you look back and you think, that had to have been him. There's no way I would have gotten, gotten through that. You know, And it, it, that's, I think that's when you're there, when you're with God, when you're serving for, your, for him. And not self. Listen, I, I know people that sing just so people will tell them what a great job they did. You know, there are people that do what they do because they want praise. <coughs> they want accolades and, and not just singing. I, I work in general. Um, you always have those people at work that really only works hard when the boss rolls around. Right, you know, you're here doing the same thing every day, busting your hump all the time, and then you have this one person that's constantly in the face of the boss, doing what he's supposed to be doing. But as soon as the boss is gone, it's like, where you at now, right? Well, and I think that's kind of the situation here with Cain and with Abel. Is you have both of them are doing what they believe they're to do, but Cain's, and, and I like how God says that. Abel's was respected and Cain's was not respected. So it's not even a, no, nah, I don't really take that. It was, that did not even come close to pleasing me. And I think what this teaches us is that, like I said, it matters. It matters how. And in a world of do what you want, this American Christianity of it doesn't really matter how, then God owes Cain an apology. Jim? I was going to say, well, two things. One is you're talking about people that have a good attitude. So that was all, all over on Paula Moore. She, I mean, I never see anybody in that situation. She had joy. But also, it does matter what they're giving because it, obviously, there's, because that's, that's you're talking to American Christianity. People say, well, you know, if a Muslim really thinks that's the best thing to do, or if they're going to you know, burn candles and that's going to get their family member out of 
held. That's that's what they believe. So that's good enough. And, and well, God isn't a good enough God. He, no, no, no. I, I, in this particular situation, because there's no, there's nothing set in stone on what they have to give. So I think in this particular situation, it doesn't matter what they were giving, as long as what they were giving had the attitude of giving God the best. Had Cain came with the best fruits and first fruits, then I think Cain's would have been accepted. Okay? It, 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 I don't think at the time God had said, you know, there are some people who say, well, Cain's wasn't accepted because it wasn't a blood sacrifice and sacrifices and offerings have to be blood sacrifice. None of that is set in place yet. Okay? And unless someone can prove me otherwise, I, I don't believe that is the reasoning. Um, when God goes through here and talks, because um, when we get into this here a little bit more, God actually kind of tells him, if you give it a better attitude, then all's fine. So he doesn't say your sacrifice is wrong. It's more what it leads me to believe, and if, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the what they're supposed to give and how they were supposed to give it, God gives to us later on, okay? So in this particular situation, I think what God asks of us, he expects our best. He doesn't expect what's convenient. I don't give God time on Sunday because that's the easy time to give him. I don't have anything planned unless I have something else planned on Sunday. Then that's not God's either. Okay. When I give God my talents, if I'm up here teaching, I'm supposed to give it my best. Um, last night probably wasn't my best. We got home from the singing at 9 and we had stuff to put together and it was like 1030 before I started studying, right? But all in all, um, whatever we give, go ahead. Kind of like your money. If you spend your money throughout the week and what you want to do and you give him what's left over, <clears throat> that's different than when you take the money out and then just hope and pray you have everything you need to pay. Yeah. Go have fun. Yeah. After, you know, that's just... it, it, it's amazing, you know, and, that, and that's something that Lori and I can just continue to learn as we go through what we go through. Um, is, you know, the, the more we devote to God, the more we're blessed. I mean, to be quite honest, we first got married, both of our, uh, credit scores were tanked. You know, I, I, I've been through divorce and, um, bankruptcy and all that stupid stuff. And my credit scores were, you know, I couldn't even get money for a candy bar, you know? And we rented for quite some time. We had a, a couple that took a chance on us at that home that we had. Most places were turning me down. And we got to the point that we're like, you know, we really got to get a house. And I have no idea how, well, I know now I know. But all of a sudden, you know, I started checking my credit score and it just jumped like 100 points. Enough to the point that we were able to get a mortgage and we ended up getting a house. Now, you know, the, the home loan dropped that way back down again, you know. But it was like out of nowhere, you know. it happened. I, and I know, I do. You know, but it was one of those things that here we are, we're trying to serve God, we're trying to do the best. You know, our outgoing does not match our incoming. I don't know how any of the bills get paid. You know, and it's just like, so, go ahead, Mark. It, 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 just like she said, there, there's, there's times you're going to have to give up things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, right. it, it's, that's the way I look at it. I mean, there's things that I'd like to go by, but I, I, I can't. We can't always live like the Joneses. I write that church check first. You know, right. and what's left, it, there's things that you just got to give up sometimes. I think we are so much like our own kids. Like, our kids eat out of a cookie jar, and they're good as long as we don't verbally reprimand them. 
And I think, God, we don't hear that audible voice all the time, so we know God's not going to verbally reprimand us. Mm-hmm. I mean, our conscious might, but I think that's where we think we can play the game. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like the Cain and Abel, maybe they, maybe he played the game, and in the long run, it didn't benefit. Him. Yeah, and we see that throughout the Bible. You know, the difference between people that are honestly given to God and then those people that are kind of playing that game. And I think it's just we've got to that point now where there's a lot more people just playing the game as opposed to not. Jim? Didn't God set the presidents, though, for giving a blood sacrifice in the garden? I mean, they cover themselves with leaves, and God killed an animal. Well, I think... Correct. And, And I think it was symbolism of what was come, but it's still at that point... That wasn't an offering. That was a sin sacrifice. None of that was set up. Now, maybe maybe there is something, but at this particular point, they're not talking about sacrificing or an atonement. That was an atonement for the sin. Here, it's they're just talking about an offering. Offerings are more or less um, out of gratitude, out of thankfulness. So, yeah, I, there's nothing that I've seen that comes outright thou shalt do this or, the, or that. But there is that. Listen, I, I'm not going to say that you're completely, that you're wrong because when I was studying this, there was just as many people saying on one side as there was the other. I, I lean more towards this side. You know, I, I can't say that I'm 100% accurate. I look at the symbolism too that even back then, God killed, and I believe it was probably a lamb, but I, we don't know what it was. It was the first Literally the first. Well, he was a keeper of lambs, so it's a good. I'm I'm talking about in the garden. Oh, in the garden. And and he set the presidents, and I think the shock value of seeing a animal, the first death, the first death, and the blood, and then he made the skin. So that requires not just like a little. I mean, that's that means you dismembered it. Yeah. And then so they see that, and I think God's showing that picture, and I think that's the offering. He well, and, and, is a covering. But when it goes on later, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I mean, it's more of an attitude that he scolds. Well, I agree. Scolds it's it's both. And you can do the right thing or the wrong Do you way. have some? Yeah, I was just going to say, I've always been taught that um, Cain's was more a sacrifice of works because it's him tilling the garden and something that he did. So his sacrifice was what his works were. And then you go back to Abel, and that's the blood sacrifice. And that is a picture of the ultimate sacrifice. Well, and and you're partially, and I agree with that partially. And and this comparison here, in fact, we'll go ahead and do that. Between the two, between you got Abel, Cain and Abel, all right, Cain expected, because he didn't give the best of the best, Cain gave. Cain expected his works to be good enough. All right? But... On the other side with Abel, Abel's was by faith. Why? Because what did what did what did he give? What was you was you saying? He gave the best of the best, and he gave the first. He he just accepted the fact that I give God the best, and God will take care of the rest. Right? Ooh, that was that sounds pretty cool. All right. Bumper sticker quick. Yeah, bumper sticker. So you know he he gives the best. All right. He gives what was convenient. And I, I don't know how to spell this word. Convenient. E-N-I-E-N-T. I always want to put an, an I in there. Okay, there should be an I right there. They spell it wrong. Um, so what, what Cain does, Cain gives out of convenience. All right, this is what I have. This is good enough. This is what God's going to get. Okay. Are you starting to see the difference between true Christianity and American Christianity today? You, you know, you're giving out of faith. You're giving out of works, conveniency. Um, Abel's, of course, was, was focused on God. 
right? Because he was giving the best. He was having faith in, in that. Um, Keynes was focused on self. You know, he was looking at some of them cabbages and said, man, I really would like to have this one tonight, so I'm going to hold on to this one. I'm going to give God this other one right here. All right? So, you know, Cain is still more towards self. Um, Abel's was all about righteousness. All right? And Cain's was all about false righteousness. Okay. And I think if God, if it was supposed to be a blood sacrifice, I think God would have told him that. You know you were supposed to give him a blood sacrifice. I don't think, I don't I don't agree that it was supposed to be blood at that time. I think he was supposed to give him what he was working, which was the ground. He just was supposed to give him the best of the ground, and he didn't, and that's why he's talking about his attitude. Well, whatever, whatever it was supposed <laughs> to be, Abel came with the right, attitude, the right attitude, and Cain came with the incorrect attitude. Now, whether it was the wrong sacrifice, and if it was the wrong sacrifice, if it was supposed to, that even is more towards Cain of, you know, I'm still going to do what's convenient for me. You know, it's more convenient for me, because then i got to go kill an animal, right. you know, and so and, and whatnot. So whatever, the, whatever it was supposed to be, it is still really clear um, that there is two. When you go to Jude 1... <clears throat> Well, there's only one Jude. Jude 11. <laughs> Go to Jude 2. <laughs> it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain and, re- and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perishes in the gainsaying of Kor. So here it shows, it's talking later on, that there is a way, an attitude, a particular direction or path that is wrong. Cain started that. Right, he was the beginning of that. And in fact, I think we read a verse at one point that talks about Cain being being of the devil. I think we read that last week, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, but then you have, again, you have Hebrews 11 forward talks about Abel. It says, by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. All right. So Cain's sacrifice was more excellent because he did it through faith. Faith in God. So whatever the sacrifices are supposed to be, it is very clear that Cain's was focused on having faith in God and Abel's was having, or I'm sorry, Abel's was faith in God and Cain's was more self-centered. Faith in self. Okay? Um, so you have basically this attitude of um, Abel gives God, give God the best and live by faith. All right? And Cain, you have give God what suits you and live by works. Okay. So whatever we agree on what, how the sacrifice should happen, one is clearly based upon what I give you should be given it should be good good enough god whatever you're asking of me this is what you get um it's kind of um like my mom always said um with her little kids what's her little saying you get what you get and you don't throw a fit <laughs> okay and, and that was a lot of the kids a lot of times you, know, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit well today's christianity is basically that's what we tell what, what we're telling god this is what you get god you give me salvation 
you give me heaven, you give me eternal security, and I'll give you what I decide to give you. How sad, how scary is that? But when we decide, hey, I'm not going to work all that hard for you, or I'm going to just kind of come and go as it pleases me, I'm going to be loyal to you when it's convenient to be loyal to you, whether that be in tithing or whether that be in work. You know, I think tithing is, is just a, a single part of a greater thing. You know, I mean, we need workers too. Listen, I don't, I have a problem. Of course, I grew up in a small church. You know, my dad had 20 people. All 20 of us, we did 15 things. But when you move to the bigger churches, how many of you have more than one job? Numerous. <laughs> Rick has every job. <laughs> Rick, Rick's like, I have all the jobs. <laughs> all right. Listen, I'm sure Rick would like to have a buddy. He'd like to have someone help him out, right? There's, in, in these larger churches, it's still only ran by like 20% of the people. Now everybody wants to gripe, well, that's, you know, this, that, and the other. But there should never be a situation to where once you're in the church that God wants you at, and once you're planted where God wants you, that you stay planted. Y'all be active. And whether it's, it's door-to-door or if it's helping teach or greeting or sweeping the parking lot and changing bulbs. Rick, Rick would love some help with some of that. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't know what our skills are, but why are we not using them for God? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it may not be, you know, it's like Randy's help with a lot of the, you know, when we pour this out. Stuff, yeah. You know, and I mean, that's something that he offers. I mean, yeah. You may not teach. You need to turn oil and do it up, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, just any time. We had a, um, at Memorial, we had an old um, Jew, converted Jew. His name was Phil. He was, pretty sure he was around with Moses. You know, he was really super old. Um, he knew, I mean, there. this guy, you want to talk about knowing the Bible. Dad would sit up there and be like, start talking about a verse. He says, I don't quite remember where it's at. And he would, Revelation's this or John this, you know. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything. He says, there's not anything I can do. So he greeted. He sat by the back door, and every person that walked through the door, he shook his hand, shook their hand. The day he died, that next Sunday, was the saddest Sunday walking in the church because that old man was not sitting there shaking people's hands and telling them God loves them, you know? And and you don't realize how big of an effect the little stuff, you know, just picking up in the parking lot. You know, that that matters. That stuff, there is no, pastor's a pastor and everybody gets to see him, the spotlight's on him. But that's not what makes this church. Not at all. It's it's you guys, you know. Um, not to brag on somebody, but this week I was here and um, I don't know if y'all know Roger Davis. He, he's a yeah. man. Fills <laughs> up the vans, comes up, takes the man, puts gas in it so they're ready for our bus. Yeah. Well, that's a great job. Yeah, and that's not even something I would even think about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there, there's just that little stuff. And there's a lot of unsung heroes in this church. And I'm not hammering on anybody. I'm sure there's a lot of people in here that do stuff. But I'm just telling you, if there's not something you're doing, why? Why are we not giving back? And, and I'm not saying anyone is self-centered, but we get caught up in our own lives. And like Mark said, sometimes we just got to read the You know, sometimes we just got to, 
and, and things change, you know. Um, not to brag, you know, but here he, he started playing guitar for us, and he's working really, really hard, and he's yes. doing an amazing job. And that was something he had to just kind of step out of <clears throat> and do it, you know, and, and he's working really hard. And sometimes we just step out of our comfort zone. Real quick, Jim. I say, well, God says 10% of your increase. And now it's not an agriculture or a skill-based, you know, like where people bring what they increase with that. But if God's given you a talent, I believe that if you have that talent, whatever it is, it could be accounting or something like that where it's not something people see you do. God says to give 10%. Now, 10% of your increase is obviously a paycheck, but it's also of your talent. If God's given you that skill to play guitar, I can't play a guitar. I can't give 10% of playing guitar because I've got 0% skill. But if God's given you that, then God, I think, requires that because he can take it away. Yeah. And I've seen that with Christians that they refuse to do what they're good at and that would benefit the church. And God will create the situation. I'm not saying he just punishes people. So they're just like, uh, I'm not, they're going to do that. They're going to pay me my $80 an hour and I get charged for yeah. my whatever, plumbing. Or well, and, and God this, says, okay, I'll take it away. That giving here, you know, Abel's giving the best and the first of what God gave him. Right? right. The animals is what God gave him. Over here, Cain gave, he kept, listen, none of what we have is ours anyway. Our That's kids, true. thank goodness, are not even ours, all right? They're not, I'm not, I don't have to lay claim to them, all right? All right? And this is a crazy thing is, is, it's not that, you know, we're afraid to give God 10 or 20%. It's we're stealing 10 or 20% from God. That's and that's across the board. <coughs> you know, most people work, uh, yeah. 40 hours a week. That's what you're supposed to work, right? I know most of us work more than 40 hours a week. What's 10% of that? Four hours? How many days a week are we in church? Wednesday is an hour. Sunday is three hours. Now, you know, most of us here probably work a lot more than 40 hours. You know, the pastor talks about he always makes sure he's the hardest working person here. You know, how many of us are giving more time? Now, listen, I'm not expecting everyone here to start giving 60 hours to the church. Okay, I understand. But are we are we, are we we giving like Abel gave of what God gave us? Or are we, a, are we so worried about not having enough to cover ourselves? And I'm not talking, I'm talking about as a whole. Money, time, effort, sacrifice. It's across the board, okay? We need it all. God needs it all. Real quick, last I feel comment. like if you're truly a born-again Christian and you know about tithing and you don't do it because, you know, if you, if you have $80 a week, if you don't give God an eighth, I mean, $8 or $10 out of that, shame on you. Nobody said it was easy, but I feel like he'll get it. He will get it. If you owe $400 per paycheck on your tithes to God, mm-hmm. You might have to buy two new tires this week. No, I, mean, I really do. That's yeah. how I feel. He will get that from you to teach you a lesson. I, I think it's an overall thing. I, I think a person that gives is a person that gives in all, everything, really. I, I don't think it's any one particular. I think it's important to give oh, money. I didn't mean no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I think it's important to, to tithe. I think it's important to give. give your, of your time, uh, uh, and that I'm not talking about just here. I'm talking about outside of here too. I mean, we're supposed to be sharing the gospel. Christ went to everybody else. He didn't come here. You know what I mean? All right, let's close out.